Well, hello. This is episode, oh my god, 71 of the Tori Franco Show. And in this episode, I asked y'all to send me some questions uh, for the podcast on Instagram. And some of y'all sent me some some questions, obviously, I'm, I can't answer. But um, some of them were pretty good, and I think I can make an episode out of it. So uh, the first question is from Stephanie, 1989 underscore. She asks... Would you ever go out with one of your followers? Um, it depends. It depends on a vibe, right? So if it's one of... I mean, listen, if it's one of my followers that um, is... How do I say this without being a douche? Without sounding like a douche. One of my followers that treats me like a normal human being, not like somebody on some sort of pedestal and um the vibe was right then sure right if the attraction was there and the vibe was right sure but (laughs) i don't know if y'all know this about me but i have severe trust issues um i've befriended people who were followers first and i've gotten countlessly fucked over uh by people so um it would be very hard i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna say that it would be extremely difficult for me to get to the point to want to date a follower. I'd be very skeptical. I'm not even gonna. I'd rather somebody who has no idea who the fuck I am. Um, what do I love most? Andrea Wetzel writes, what do I love most about being a life coach and what made me want to be a personal life coach? There's a story behind this and, and I love telling it because it's it's a good um indicator of like just trusting the process right so i was in a depression last year uh dealing with the losses of friendships and like getting my heart broken and whatever and in order to try to really push through that whenever i get into that mode i try to learn something new like i've i've Instead, I mean, I you know, I drank my feelings too. Y'all know if you've been on this journey with me, like I've had negative, me- pos- not good coping mechanisms to deal with certain things. And I'm trying to uh, break the cycles and the habits. Uh, and I'm doing fairly well. So I took up tarot reading and um, I became obsessed with tarot. I mean, if you're watching on video, I'm looking to my left. It's because I have a... F- I have two big bookshelves, one that is just tarot cards, and um, the collection is growing. So, like, I'm a tarot reader, a tarot collector. I got into all the... I've always been into spirituality, but I really was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to level up. I'm going to really learn as much as I can and, like, um, dive into this, you know? And so I did. And I started going, my my best friend, Jamie, introduced me to this shop, uh, the Amityville Apothecary. They've now been on the podcast, and spoiler alert, uh, we're going to be starting a podcast together. Um, I'm going to be helping them with their podcast and be on their podcast, so stay tuned for that. That's, That's really exciting. Not that this isn't, but you know, this is more intimate and me talking to y'all, but anyway... So my my friend Jamie um, 
a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now, was sending me TikToks of the Amityville Apothecary and she was like, I fucking love them. I've been there. It's a great shop. You should go check it out, Tori. Like, I know you're into all that stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. One day I was bored. I needed something to do. I went to the Amityville Apothecary and I introduced myself and we just started bullshitting. You know, one thing about me is I have a lot of confidence issues, but one thing about me is I will always make connections with people. I know how to do that. That is my superpower. I know how to walk into a room and make myself um, known in that room. And so I went and casually, naturally, I wasn't trying to befriend anybody, but like I knew I wanted to be friends with them, if that makes sense. And so I met Dina and I was like, my name's Tori, you know, like um, I, have a, I have a TikTok, I have a podcast, you guys should be on it for sure. And uh, we became friends. And so I met Bella, who, again, was on the podcast uh, last year. And me and Bella became friends. And Bella's very intuitive and she's very psychic and she's tuned the fuck in. And my mother went into the apothecary one day because one thing about me is if I go, I'm going to introduce and I love it. I'm going to introduce it to every single person that I know and love. Uh, and that's, you know. It was just natural how much I enjoyed going to the apothecary um, and just hanging out there and the products that they have, whatever. So my mother was in there one day, met, you know, was talking to Bella. And um, at that point, Bella knew that was my mother. And she's like, Tori, uh, she goes, Deb, you should, you need to tell Tori to um, get life coach certified, like life coaching certified. And at the time I had never heard of that. My mother came home and she's like, Bella says you should look into life coaching. I'm like, all right, I'll look into it. But like, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, and then I Googled it. I'm like, what the fuck is a life coach? Like, what do they do? And I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. You know, helping people and um, and coaching people through their their shit, you know. And, um, and so I found a class and it was a six month class to take to get certified and I took the plunge. Um, I mean, I sat on it for maybe two months, really considering, okay, is this something I wanna do while in school? But I took the plunge um, and I became a certified life coach. Now, um, am I life coaching anybody at the moment? No, um, I'm not, not right now. Um, so I can't really say what I love about it because what I, it's, it, <laughs> I would say what I love about it is the same thing I love about getting on here and talking to you guys. It's it's giving insights um, and tools and resources to help other people on their journey. And so what I want to do with my life coaching business is the same thing that I want to do with this podcast. It's really just help people on their spiritual self-development journeys help them with anxiety help them with confidence issues help them with boundary issues self-love issues um that's my shit right there so how does it feel doing this uh knowing that even if one person listens or even if one person signs up for a coaching session or a coaching package for four weeks whatever it is um and i can help that one person that's the most fulfilling thing. It's the whole reason why, I don't know if I told you guys this, but 
I graduate next year in May um, with my bachelor's. I'm going right into a, a master's of social work program and I'm becoming a social worker. And my goal is to become a licensed clinical social worker, AKA a therapist, because that is my life's call. That is my heart's call and I know that and it's always been that. And so I'll incorporate tarot, I'll incorporate life coaching and I will incorporate um, my social work skills and my my um, counseling skills into all of it so that I can just help people because that's it. So I know that was a long answer, but it, it, it was needed. Um, Stephanie Marie 8831 asks, if I could travel anywhere, where would it be? Um, probably Barcelona, Spain. I mean, Italy, of course, I'm Italian, but I would definitely want to travel to Spain. Um, Stephanie Marie also asks, one person dead or alive, who would you want to sit on a bench and chat with? Hmm. If I could talk to one person dead or alive, who would I talk to? That's such a good question. That, that, I, I'm going to have to come back to that. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Raina Sandoval asked, if, I could, if you could, where would you like to travel to do humanitarian work? Um, I would definitely want to travel to Africa for sure. Um, as a tourist, I want to see, I want to see Egypt. I want to see the, um, the pyramids, but I would go somewhere in Africa and help out there. Um, I would also love to go to South America. Um, you know, one of the countries out in South America and, and help out there as well. Um, Tiffany Lipsky asked, what's the first thing you notice in people when you meet someone for the first time. Their vibe. I can feel the vibe from a mile away. Um, I am, especially now that I'm, you know, meditating every day and I'm very in touch with my in intuition and my emotions, um, and it's only getting stronger, uh, I can really, really hone in on if the person if the person's vibe and my vibe uh, mesh. If they don't, I automatically don't feel okay. Um, there's something off. I want to leave. I don't want to stay. You know, you know when you get around somebody um, who has like a magnetic energy about them, right? When you're with them, you're not wondering or worrying about, or maybe there are certain people like that. You're not worrying about what's going on on the outside. You're not, you're not wanting to go home. I can't wait to be in my bed. Sometimes you are, obviously, if you're with best friends and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't wait to get to my bed. Duh. But like on site, when you see this person, you're like, oh, I got to go home. You know what I mean? Um, the first thing I notice about a person, and I can read people like a fucking book my issue has always and i've always been able to read people and their intentions right but my issue is i always give people the benefit of the doubt 
That's what I'm working on. It's not my intuition that has ever really been off. I know deep within what this person is all about. I just choose to ignore it. Um, I'm, I'm learning, though, not to ignore it anymore. Uh, Edgar Casey, by the way, is the person that I would sit down with and have a conversation with, dead or alive. Edgar Casey. He, if you don't know about him, Edgar Casey was, um, he's almost like the father of 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 like metaphysics, basically. Let's 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 Google Edgar Edgar Casey. I've read a couple of his books. Edgar Casey. He died in 1944. Was an American. 1945 was an American clairvoyant who claimed to channel his higher self while asleep in trance-like states. His words were recorded by his friend Al Lane, his wife Gertrude Evans, and later by his secretary Gladys Davis Turner. During the sessions, Casey would answer questions on a variety of subjects like healing, reincarnation, dreams, the afterlife, past life. He's like the father of New Age um, spirituality. But not really because... If you think about the occult and all of that, you have people such as, um, um, uh, oh my God, A.E. Waite, is it Arthur? Arthur Edward Waite, which is the creator of the um, Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. Um, Rider being the publisher, Waite being him, the one who thought up the concepts, and Pamela Coleman Smith, who was the illustrator of the original artwork of the tarot decks. He was an occultist who, um, you know, knew a lot of shit. I'm not going to go into it because Edgar Casey is the guy uh, that I would talk to. Then you have the creator of the Thoth um, deck, the Thoth system, there are different systems in tarot, by the way. I don't know if anybody understands that or knows that. I'm sure if you read, if you're a reader or you're into tarot like that, then you know that, but the layperson probably doesn't. There are different systems. There's the RWS, Rider Waite Smith, which is Arthur Edward Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith. Um, and then there's the Thoth, there's um, Lenormand, and then there is tarot tarot de marseille these are different systems that you can use all of them tarot being the umbrella um so the creator of the thoth system is um oh my god what's his fucking name he's controversial alistair crowley um i wouldn't talk to either of them i would t still talk to edgar edgar casey although they are very interesting People, Edgar Casey is definitely somebody that I would love to sit down with and talk to. Ask him, like, the questions. I don't know why he's thought of as the, the um, father of New Age spirituality. But whatever. Um, so anyway, getting back to Tiffany's question about the vibes... I, I, I fuck with a vibe. I don't fuck with a vibe. Um, it's it's a gift and a curse, really, because I know immediately 
if you are somebody I want to connect with. And then even when I connect with you, if you're down to earth and stuff like that, as we go along, I know immediately what your intentions are. Um, and I know immediately what you're all about. I'm very observant in that way, but I don't always follow it. And so I end up still getting my ass handed to me. Cassie underscore Jean underscore Stevens asks, love languages versus zodiac signs. Which one is most important? Love languages, for sure. Um, I don't, listen, I am very into astrology. I think it is so fascinating. I think, um, oh my God, if you don't, if you have not yet downloaded the pattern, you absolutely should. CoStar is great. Um, if you're like a surface person, but if you want to go deeper into like, like this shit will tell you exactly what's coming up in your life. Like you don't even need a psychic or a tarot reading. And this is me saying like me, I sell tarot readings and tarot coaching sessions. You don't even need that when you have the pattern. The pattern is like, oh, you have six months of this cycle coming up and this is what's to, what to expect in the next six months of your life. This is probably the theme that's going to be happening. Like the, the pattern is such a good app um, and it's free. I would download it. This is not sponsored. I think zodiacs are very interesting. Astrology is so interesting on a, on a, on a holistic level. But would I look at somebody and think, ooh, oof, you're an Aquarius. Mm, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna jive. No. It's good to understand somebody's zodiacs, you know? And I don't even like like their 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 signs, like their um astrological chart. It's good to understand somebody's astrological chart just to get a, a vibe of like why they are the way that they are and what they can work on and this and that but you can't help who you fall in love with you can't help who you have a deep ass connection with astrology I think has something to do with that like I've met many people and I've put those people's birthdays into my pattern app and they explained our relationship to a fucking t and the person to a T and me in the relationship to a T. Um, so our astrological charts definitely have something to do with it, but it's not end all be all. I didn't look at that person and say, oh, you're a Sagittarius? Come here, baby. Like I looked at that person and was like, Sagittarius, and never dealt with one of those before, but really digging this vibe. Cool. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, it's that. And then once you fall in love with somebody, I think learning their love language is so fucking important. Um, because you could vibe with them on an, uh, on an astrological level and you can vibe with somebody on a deep soulmate level even. But if you don't know their love language and you don't know how they speak or receive love, if they don't know their own love language, y'all got a problem. Y'all got a serious fucking problem. So I have a I have the book, The Five Love Languages. Um, good book. I don't even think I finished it, but from what I got so far, it's it's a good book. Um, I think love languages trumps astrology for sure. Fight me on it 
if uh, if anybody has a debate on that, any astrologers out there want to fight me. And some astrologers might even say like <laughs> your your zodiac and your astrological chart will determine what your love language is. Like my Venus is in Leo, which is how I love and, and the things that I love. So I love beauty. I love anything that is beautiful to me because beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Um, but also it's a testament to why my love language is words of affirmation and physical touch because my Venus is in Leo. So like a Capricorn probably wouldn't, there, like a, a, if your Venus is in Capricorn, your love language probably isn't words of affirmation or physical touch. Maybe that's important on the list, but it might not be your number one. Your number one might be acts of service if you're a Capricorn. Like, you know what I mean? So I think it all kind of ties in, really. Um, let's see. Trisha Ellis, 13, asks, what do I find most attractive in a female? Confidence, authenticity, um, compassion, goofiness. I like a goofy girl. I like a girl who is not afraid to be authentically herself in the most goofy-ass way possible. Um, I like having fun. I like free spirits. I love people who are um, fun to be around. Nobody wants a fucking stick in the mud, right? But also like somebody who is confident enough taking care of her own stuff. Um, so, you know what's so fucking sexy that I've that I've come to really like really in my old age and like having my heart broken a couple times somebody who owns up to their own shit like like a woman who is not afraid to admit when she's wrong um and be met with me who's not also not afraid to to admit when i'm wrong i think that's so fucking sexy taking accountability for your actions um and 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 taking count accountability for your actions enough to go seek out therapy when a woman comes to me and says yeah i'm in therapy it's not scary to me. It's like, to me, a woman who is in therapy is, is it, it tells me she's brave enough and authentic enough to say, okay, I have, I have issues in this area and I, I know that I need to go work them out. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go this way and, and do that for myself. I like independence in women but also somebody who genuinely wants to be around me and spend time with me and um, is a straight shooter, man. I I've had too many like people trying to beat around a fucking bush and like I've chopped that bush down. So what I find, I mean, obviously I find physical attributes attractive too. So what do I find attractive physically? I prefer... I've, I've tended, I'm not going to say what I prefer because I know the way that I fall in love is not by looks. It's, it's by the vibe and the connection, right? But what attracts me initially to a woman um, has tended to be brown hair, brown or hazel eyes, um, caramel complected, scrumptious, exotic looking 
Latina looking, but like Italian women. I've I've been with Portuguese women. Um, well, a Portuguese woman. Um, I like the darker looks, like the exotic almond shaped eyes, big ass. I definitely have a type. I definitely have a type. I don't care what physically. I don't care what a woman has up here, like chest area um she got a big ass we riding she ain't got an ass um that doesn't really matter to me to be honest <laughs> like I'm not one of those like oh, if you don't have an ass move it along like no if I vibe with you I vibe with you but I tend I've I've tended to it's literally not one girl that I've been with maybe one but everybody else that I've been with has had like a nice bubble butt to go along with her beautiful eyes and face. Like I like a beautiful face. And she could be she could be a little thick too. Like that that doesn't matter to me, you know? Um as long as long as like I don't know, there's something about the eyes. The eyes for me physically are what really attract me. Like there's something about a a woman with like really sexy mysterious eyes wow i'm i'm just going off on a tangent right now um so yeah francesca cracciolo asks where do you see yourself in five years from now um on i only wish you thank you francesca um, where do I see myself in five years? I see myself graduated from my master's program. I see myself um, working toward probably in five years. Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out the the timeline. Um. Oh fuck! My phone's going off. Hold on one second. In five years, so I'll be graduated in less than a year for my bachelor's. And I'm going into a two-year program after that. So that's three years. In five years, I see myself as a licensed clinical social worker with a private practice um, outside either an office or, like, my home somewhere. Um, I don't plan on staying here like home with Deb I love her to death but I don't plan on doing that if so if I move up into the apartment upstairs and rent from Deb um then I'll probably open up like I'll try to like get a get my private practice going maybe get a business loan or something I don't know um and like work out out of like make an office outside my house actually I don't know if I would want people coming to the house I'm like literally working this out live um <laughs> the moral of this story is I see myself as a practicing licensed clinical social worker um probably working part-time in some sort of hospital setting or something like that like um with people but then also owning my own practice outside of that and being my own boss. I also see myself still doing tarot. 
Um, I see myself doing tarot full time, whether that's incorporating tarot into my private practice um, for anybody who wants, you know, I wouldn't push it on anybody. Um, I also see myself doing public speaking and really building my following and doing the, um, you know, the uh, podcasting still. And so hopefully growing in that way as well. Um, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of goals. Sarah Petrassi, my girl asks, let's talk reincarnation. What would you love to come back as? Um, you know what? It's so funny. I don't really think about it too much. Like, do I believe in reincarnation? Yes. But I feel like, I know this is a fun question. I'm going to be deep and philosophical right now. But I feel like there's only one life right now. And it's the one I'm in. Even though I know that I've had previous lives. And I know that I will have probably many more. Not Maybe not many more. But, um, you know, a good, a good amount more. I, I, I only want to focus on this life. Because this is where I'm at right now. Um... When I think of what who or what I would want to come back as in a, in a next life, I think to myself, well, why can't you become that in this life, right? So like in my next life, I want to come back as, let's say, a famous therapist who travels the world public speaking. Well, why can't I do that in this life? Like that's what I'm working toward. You know what I mean? So... I don't know. I don't. I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really given it any thought. Um, that's my answer. Chia underscore Mel asks, "What was your coming out experience like?" It was seamless. Um, I kind of had. I always had support. I lucked out a lot. I had a friend that came out as bisexual, um, and when he came out, I was like, "Wait, me too." And so we both came out on the same fucking day. And like to all of our friends and stuff like that, the friend circle, I was 13 years old. Nobody gave a shit. Um, And then I want to say two years, three years later, when I was 16, three years later, when I was 16, the way that my mother found out was I was coming out to one of my my friends, my best friends. Like I had kept it from her for three years that I was interested in in girls. Um, And so I was on AIM, you know, like that's how we would communicate. And I was letting her know that I had met, like at the time I had met my first girlfriend and I knew that like me and my girlfriend were going to be girlfriends. And things were getting, you know, as serious as they could be at 16 years old. And, um, (laughs) well, actually, I was 16 and my girlfriend at the time was 20. Um, she was four year, four or five years older than me. She was actually turning 21, I think. No, she had just turned 20. So she was four years older than me. And um, I was telling her about the girl that I had met. You know, oh, I met this girl and, you know, I really like her. And I still like guys. 
I never liked guys, but you know, that was how you came out back then. You said you were bi first to kind of like give the lube and then like you shove it right in and be like, just kidding, I'm gay. So um, I was coming out to her on AIM and I went to sleep. It was the summer and I went, or like maybe September and I went to sleep. I left the conversation open and my we used to share a computer and my mother went on to like you know check her email or something like that and she found the conversation and read it and that was basically how I came out to her I never had to look at my mother in the face and say mom mom I'm gay uh she found out when I woke up the next day she called me from her job and she was like hey I found a conversation of you talking about you met a girl and this and that and you know, I just want to let you know, like, I love you no matter what. And uh, I just don't want to see it. You know, she was like, I just don't want to, I'm not ready to see it yet. But like, I love you no matter what and and whatever. And I was like, cool. Like, it was pretty seamless. And then my mother told every single person in my family, like, I never had to come out to my dad, ever. My mother told my dad, my mother told my aunts, and then just word just traveled and it was just like, okay, yeah, Tori's gay. Like I never had to have that conversation. I feel lucky um, about it. I don't feel like anything was taken from me in that respect. I feel lucky that it didn't have to be that big thing where you sit somebody down and you sit everybody down and you're like, breaking the news to them as if you're telling them that like you're moving to fucking Zimbabwe and never gonna see them again I don't think it should be something like that it should be just like assumed that your sexuality is fluid and whatever you want to be you want to be like not even want to be whatever you are you are right like the way that I think the way that people do the gender neutral terms we should have um sexuality neutral not terms but like that's how we should raise our children to be sexuality neutral and let them know from a very young age that whatever it is or whoever it is you fall in love with if it's a guy one day or a girl the next it doesn't matter because that's your sexuality and that's okay um, I think that is very fucking important and so my coming out experience wasn't really a coming out experience. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's a funny story to tell. But, you know, uh, my girl Ari asks, do you believe everyone in this world will experience trauma in one form or another? Yes. Um, I don't know if you listen to a lot of like um, self-development stuff or or even, you know, like I don't even know if this is used in like mental health stuff. But there's big T and little T. There's big trauma, which is like, you know, and one is not, one is is more severe than the other. The big T is more severe. It's, it's, it's definitely more traumatic. But nobody's better or worse for having one or the other or both, right? So big trauma would be um, sexual assault, um... A, a, a really detrimental car accident um, something that really really shakes you for life and then little trauma would probably be I don't even know let's see 
What would little trauma be? I can't even think about it. Examples of little, little T trauma. Emotional abuse, ongoing financial concerns, divorce, bullying, um, non-life-threatening injuries and harassment. Um, And then big trauma, big T trauma is, um, this is a good one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is in the DSM-5. Um, PTSD trauma. It says big T trauma. DSM-5 defines PTSD trauma as any situation where one's life or bodily integrity is threatened. These are typically large T traumas. War, combat, persecution, natural disasters, sexual or physical abuse, serious accident, crime, death or loss of a loved one. So yeah, in that respect, just that, death or loss of a loved one, we all experience big T trauma. Absolutely. And we all will um, eventually. I mean, I hope it's not that detrimental, uh, you know, I hope it's 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 nothing like that but yeah I do agree I do believe that we all will and all have experienced some form of trauma you know um and now I'm thinking about my own trauma like watching my grandmother pass away in front of my face and how traumatic that experience actually is but regardless um domestic violence child abuse neglect I've definitely dealt with big T trauma from a child. Major surgery, life-threatening illness, loss of career, and witnessing death. Wow, I got some big T trauma that I got to work out. Uh, Good thing I'm in therapy. And then little T trauma, it says, often doesn't lead to pure PTSD symptoms, but may cause trauma responses, including increased distress, plus decreased quality of life. Little T trauma is... Interpersonal conflict, emotional abuse, dealt with that. Infidelity, dealt with that. Divorce, dealt with that. Legal trouble, financial insecurity, abrupt or extended relocation, shame or humiliation, feeling left out, bullying, ridicule, complex or developmental trauma, and parents with a psych diagnosis. Um, I'm saving this. I'm going to... I think I might post this actually. That was a really good question. I think we need to stop doubting our traumas actually. Um, Myself included. You know, I I didn't realize like, I never used the term trauma or anything like that um, until being in therapy when my therapist looked at me and kind of sideways and was like, that's a traumatic experience. You can't, you can't water that down and I was watering down everything that I had been through you know like being abused as a kid by my stepmother um and not having anybody there to really protect me from it um verbal and you know sometimes physical um abuse I never realized how much that shaped how I am and who I am as a person but that's a whole nother episode for another time. Uh, to answer your question, yes, I do. I believe we all experience trauma. Um, and then I think, what was your coming out experience? No, read that. 
Puerto Mexivi asks, would I date someone long distance? No, I would not. Um, maybe I would start talking to somebody long distance and possibly by like the rarest rarity start start falling for them in some sort of way or or really like uh developing feelings but the way that I develop feelings is not virtually I really don't um it takes a lot y'all my friends are like you need to open yourself up I'm open to love like I am ready and open for it here it is right like my heart is open to it to new love to to whatever comes my way I'm open it's just it takes a lot to really catch my eye like I'm on that soulmate <laughs> I'm on that soulmate vibe like I can tell because I'm so intuitive I can tell when a person is a soulmate or not and if you're not a soulmate keep it the fuck moving really like I can fuck you for a little time period um but gets boring after a while if the feelings aren't involved so it, it it's it's a fleeting it's a fleeting thing so would I date somebody long distance if she was my soulmate and we really vibed on that level um possibly but it is the 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 um so what I'm looking for the odds are not in favor of that it's why i can't be on dating apps and and again my friends roll their eyes like we were just talking about it earlier they want like i'm on hinge and i'm talking to people on hinge i'm not interested though like there's nobody interesting enough that's making me want to like go meet them it's just something to pass the time i guess i don't even know why the fuck i'm on there to be honest um you know, I guess I'm just trying to like increase my odds of finding somebody. I don't know. Um, but all my friends, like Dina from the Apothecary looked at me yesterday. I went there to stop by and like talk about some podcast stuff. And she's sitting there and she's like, your problem is that you can walk outside right now and go literally be with anybody that you want. You just choose not to. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is the problem with that? <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Fucking any pretty face. That's boring to me. I can do that. I could easily fucking do that right now. I could go into my DMs and find the prettiest girl that I know, meet up with her, fuck the shit out of her, and then go home. And I'd still feel, I'd probably feel worse doing that than I feel right now. I don't feel lonely. I'm not missing out on anything. I know for a fact when my woman is meant to come she will you know not coming that way like you know I'll, I'll i'll make that happen but you know what i'm saying when my woman is meant to be in my life and the woman that i am meant to spend my life with when i'm meant to find her she will she will be there i don't go seeking relationships relationships find me always that's how it's always happened any single woman that i've ever fallen in love with i was not looking I was just living and so do I think that I could date somebody long distance yes I probably could 
if ev- if if all of the stars aligned but the likelihood of it no <laughs> that's just that's just the realness um that's that's it though that's what i got for y'all um i hope i hope that uh was interesting enough um it was interesting for me um those were like the best questions that i found i've decided before i end this episode though i'm gonna let you know what i've decided for episodes coming up that are just solo episodes with just me when i don't have a guest i have a couple of guests that i will be having on um i don't know when i'll release those episodes but you know uh stay tuned for that but I've come to the conclusion that I would love to incorporate tarot into this podcast. And the way that I will be doing that is actually pretty interesting. I've never seen anybody do it before. Maybe they have. Maybe it's out there. I just haven't come across it. That's fine. I'm going to take a tarot deck. I'm going to shuffle the cards. I'm going to pull one card. And based on that one card that is what we talk about not the card but the theme of the card it's not this isn't a tarot podcast this is a self-development podcast so what i'm gonna do is take the tarot because you can easily use tarot for self-development i'm gonna pull a card let's say it's the nine of wands which represents for me resiliency i'm going to then talk about being resilient and how to be resilient and things like that i'm gonna i'm gonna show y'all how a tarot can help with self-development it's not just a predictive tool it is very good at predicting but it's not just that but how i will be incorporating when when you know when when i start booking clients for coaching sessions and stuff like that how i will be incorporating tarot into those sessions because it's not going to be like a tarot reading tarot readings are you ask me a question and um i answer your question with predictions and let you know where the fuck you're at and what another person is feeling that's a tarot reading using tarot in coaching sessions is different it's i pull a card or two cards and we see how we can develop from how can we focus on those areas of of life what needs to be what needs to be worked out what needs to be finagled with and so what i want to start doing is showing you guys firsthand how i can do that uh i don't have time right now to do that so that will be starting next week or whenever the next solo episode is so stay tuned for that um, if y'all have any questions, feel free email me tori at torifranco.com. If you have questions about coaching, questions about tarot, you want to just connect with me, you want to give insights into what topics you want to hear from me, anything like that, email me. I'm open to connecting. Um, I love you guys very much. Check the description of this video on YouTube. Uh, For anything you need to know about me, go to my website, torifranco.com, for all of your Tori Franco needs. And that's that. I love you guys very much, and I will catch y'all in the next one. Peace out.